Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. Live from Austin, Texas, just down the road a piece from Circuit of the Americas. That's right. They were busy this weekend. They were busy this weekend. Private yeah. event, but uh, it, it was busy with uh, a lot of fast cars. There were some legit race cars out there. Uh, just getting some shakedown miles on them before the season really cracks I saw. I saw that on the KXAN weather news camera. You know, they have a camera out at Circuit of the Americas. They were probably wondering what people were doing there. Well, uh, this is John Massengill, this Les Kaiser, That's and right. back in the studio, Mr. Yeah, Jonathan Green. <laughs> Jonathan Green, welcome back, buddy. Thanks, man. It's been a long time, a long road, but we're I'm back. Wor- in, I'm back at home in Texas, as they say. This we're is- worried you lost your way. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was, I was out with the sheep and the cows on. Dairy time in New Zealand. In New Zealand. Now this is your first show of 2017, right? No, I was. I did the first one of the year, fourth okay, of January. Okay. But I've been on the. Sh- wait a minute. I've been well, you know what I mean. Chi- back in the studio, in. I have been at the heart of international motorsport. I, I may know. add, if you've missed my posts and you have not been listening, <laughs> I've been part of the Toyota Racing Series, and we found another superstar of the future. And I'm going to get him on the show again, Thomas Randall, that is, um, as he sets off into the sunset for a new season. And I've got a question about people like Thomas Randall for our guest tonight. There you go. I'm right. getting, sure. As you can see, I'm fired up. Well, as a great segue, because we have two fantastic guests. As we put it earlier, two great American characters in automotive racing, and that is yeah. Guy Cosmo and Ryan Dial. And very excited to have both these guys on the show. Racing season's heating up, and we got a couple of guys to talk about. It's going to be really, really cool. And we're also going to talk a lot about Formula One. In fact, most of the first part of the show, we're going to talk about Formula One testing and how everybody did and including our American Haas F1 team. So we're really excited to be uh, in the studio tonight and talking about all this. And uh, in fact, let's jump right in. Let's jump into uh, Formula One because testing this week, I mean, it was was great because uh, I want to start with Haas because they jumped right out and and looked great right out of the gate, huh, Jonathan? Yeah, um, I mean, it's funny. I was looking at all the launches and all the different cars, and which, by the way, that's another story I want to talk about, too, yeah, yeah. by the way, because Liberty Media have opened it up already, and right. really excited by that, because now, and we're going to do it on Speed City, we're going to be posting like you wouldn't believe, uh, we could start to see F1 cars moving <laughs> on social media, and that means Liberty's moving, and that's great news for everybody, and I hope they continue to do so through the season. We'll see. Yeah. It's uh, right now. It's uh, Liberty Media. F- uh, Formula One has opened it up on social media. You can post video of cars in. The and we're talking pits. about the teams. That is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the pits and the paddock. So we're going to see lots of video at least to start. And uh, obviously, the hope is is that they expand this to the rest of the season. But this is a perfect example of what we were hoping yeah. that Liberty what Media needs to happen. Would bring. Yeah. Right. I mean, what guys? What three, four years ago, there was no Formula One Twitter account. They didn't even have one. Yeah, I know. And so light years. 
being yeah. able to do this. Well, you know, and you know, I really hope that the the teams get more into it. Love that Liberty Media is opening that up. Remember, it was two years ago that uh, Lewis Hamilton got a little sideways look because he was Snapchatting without a broadcast rights from the paddock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Going back to your question, yeah. uh, which was Hassett testing, I like the look of the Hass car. It's a simple-looking car. And what I mean by that, when you see some of the flares, effectively, in terms of bodywork especially, because this has been very much, these new rules have been about the aerodynamics and drag and increased drag with these new tires and uh, new rules. Um, but I think um, Hass has gone for a very simple, let's see if it's fast. Um, they were, what, overall on the four days at Barcelona, 11th and 12th. And the good news is it's always good to see both drivers, remember Magnussen coming into the team, um, almost on identical times, within a tenth of a second and exactly the same amount of mileage. So Kevin Magnussen, um, who has, I may say, been criticised in Denmark, in his home of Denmark, for basically getting a last chance in Formula One. He's had three different teams. He's been at the top. He's been with Renault. He's been with McLaren. And certainly the Danes are getting pretty hard on him, saying, hey, have you got it? Have you got what it takes? You know, nobody gets three chances. One strike, you're out kind of thing. Um, So we'll see. But I think Kevin Magnussen will be spurred on by that. I think he's in a friendly team, a good team. And I think if I were going to have a a teammate, I was going to say roommate. If I was going to have a roommate (laughs) or a teammate, I think Roman Grosjean would be great. He's fast, he's quick, but he's a decent guy. And he wouldn't make a bad roommate. He would be maybe hilarious. (laughs) I'm going to get you, You Ricky Bobby. I want to (laughs) go. Can you imagine him in the bathroom? I'm going to get you, Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. I want to go back the to show what, a different direction. I have, haven't I? I want to go back to what you said about the Haas car. You talked about, you know, it's not necessarily flashy. Over here in the States, we call that uh, go, not show. A lot of go, it, not show. It's all go. And we're not worried about what this thing looks like. It could be primer as long as it's fast. We don't hey, care. And, and they already won the Daytona 500, didn't they? Mm, yes, that was that was that was point. fantastic. We yeah. we talked a lot about that. Was, uh, I didn't realize that was Kurt Busch's first win of that race. Like you kind of look at his career and think, yeah. he must yeah. have done that before. Yeah, that was surprising. And sure. congratulations to Mr. Keselowski today. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Good run. Hey, Jonathan, I got a quick question for you. So there was a lot of noise, if you will, people noise. were calling it, around NASCAR coming to the Circuit of America, yep. the idea of it or whatever. Now, we heard that here in Austin and certainly U.S. Did anybody else outside to, the U.S. I, really pay any mind? To be honest, not well. Certainly not down under. I um, mean, it's all it's all muscle cars down there. Um, I.e. V8s down there. So Older. they don't. They tend to ignore NASCAR a little bit in Australia and New Zealand. So I didn't hear that story. But I have to say, and I I, I think I've said this on the air. Uh, I I really do think, especially looking at the chase, uh, and they are looking at new ways of a getting a bigger audience back to NASCAR and filling the seats up again in NASCAR because it has been a problem. Let's be honest. Let's not beat about the bush. Um, the, it has declined in the last couple. Of years. I think the show's fantastic that NASCAR put on. I think the drivers are far more talented than we give them credit uh, compared to, let's say, Formula One or, or MotoGP. I think they really, to, to ride the drive the way they do, so close and to come out with the results and with the same guys like Jimmy Johnson coming out on top time and time again, I think, I think it's a great sport. Um, I would love to see them race at race circuits, though. They do it uh, at at a few, but not enough. And I think it actually does change the direction and it does make different drivers come to the top because it is a different skill. But there's no reason why stock cars can't run around a track. They'd be awesome at Coda. Well, no, I I absolutely 100% agree. I was speaking with somebody today and we or uh, this week, and one of the things I said, you know, they thought NASCAR was boring. And I said, well, you know, does it require the skills? Yeah, I said it requires some serious skills. And I said, imagine bowling. 
you and I can probably both roll a yeah. bowling ball down the lanes and knock some pins over. How many over, strikes can you how do? How many yeah. strikes can we do? Probably not a lot. But, you know, that's, a, that's one of those things that's very different. Now, remember when we looked at the laps, uh, the length of laps for NASCAR, we were talking about Coda being 20-some-odd percent longer than any of their mm-hmm. tracks uh, at this point. They'd have to use one of the cut-throughs. For instance, the same with the Aussie V8s yep. we spoke about. Yeah, we're we talked about that. last week. I'd really was, like yeah. to see that. Uh, like to see that come back. Besides, it's Texas. We can run earlier and later in the season. We understand cars here. Yeah, you know, and let's don't underestimate uh, driving skill in NASCAR. I mean, look at what was the race of champions. There were plenty of NASCAR drivers yeah. doing really, really well. So, listen, I brought my crystal ball in. He's going to retire. That's Lewis Hamilton, and he's going to come to America, and he's going <laughs> to marry an American girl. She's going to be from the south, and he's going to go NASCAR racing. Boogity, boogity, boogity. That is not only a crystal ball. That's his dream. I bet you. It's my no, and Grosjean's dream, and I'm going to be the team manager. That's my that's, that's, that's my dream. Yeah, knowing Lewis look, Hamilton. Look out, Gene. Here I come. I, I could see that happening. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure Mercedes is going to front a car out there, but <laughs> that, would be, that would be kind of cool. I'm hey, a, I am a Mercedes. Yeah, if we can put, yeah, hey. put Toyotas out there, we can put Mercedes. Now, don't get all colloquial on me. Look at DTM, my friend. That yeah, is the Deutsch that is Touring the cool car, car Championship. Series. And Mercedes, fly! And that... Well, if there's anybody else that knows how to build big V8s and that roll around there the American streets, it's Mercedes. Right. So, so don't put that. Uh, don't don't say that's a crazy idea. All right, Jonathan. What else? I mean, obviously, it looks like Mercedes is still the team to beat. The big thing that concerns me. I, I mean, I'm excited uh, because as I said on the, on the show a couple of weeks ago, which you seem to have forgotten just because I was down under. But anyway, on the show <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I said that uh, I'm always excited like a year like this when there's rule changes because the likes of Adrian Newey get to do what they do and everybody's second guessing everybody and I like I said on the show I don't think the Barcelona tests necessarily will tell us what's going to happen at Albert Park in Melbourne because it's completely different circumstances different temperature and it's basically a street circuit um, that said no surprise to see Ferrari at the top of the time sorry uh, Mercedes at the top of the time see the slip there but Sebastian Vettel and Ferrari and Raikkonen and third as well after four days of testing I think Ferrari are going to be more of a, a threat if you will uh, it's good to see um, uh, Vitaly Botas getting to grips with the Mercedes early on. The big concern for me is McLaren are still way down, 17th and 18th, and mm. three seconds off Mercedes pace. Uh, and that Ooh. is not a good sight to see. They did 107 laps. That uh, was the most they did with Stoffel van Dorm. Uh, obviously, that's a new setup for them. Alonso, uh, they came, you know, it's a new car, uh, new head with uh, the American in there, Zach Brown. And I think I'm excited for McLaren. I've just come from New Zealand where McLaren was born. So everybody talks about McLaren down there. Uh, I'm excited for them. There's a movie coming out about Bruce McLaren soon. They've got to turn around. Honda's, I was telling you the stat today. Honda in the 80s and 90s, eight championships and 44 Grand Prix wins. That is an amazing record. And let's not forget that that was the combination of McLaren and Honda. So I'm just sad to see them down 17th and 18th. I hope it improves. You know what? They're not going to let that legacy sit there. Zach Brown is not. They're, he yeah. staked, his, staked his reputation on it, yeah. and he loves McLaren. He's an American um, who not many people uh, in Formula One, uh, you know, uh, 10 years ago knew who he was. But boy, is he involved in every aspect of motor racing. Uh, and I'm talking websites, I'm talking Formula E, and I'm, of course, talking Formula One. He is very much a major player. Delighted to have him on board. I like his style. Yeah, speaking of having him on board, we got to get him on the show. 
that yes, we're, well, that's going to happen. We've got those gears in motion one of these days here sooner than later. If, if you're can... listening, Zach, <laughs> yeah. come on down. Yeah, exactly. We'll give him the phone number. You call in right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 512-643-5483. <laughs> if he calls in now, I'm going to flip. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Haas F1 team. We're going to talk about some more F1. And then, of course, at the bottom of the hour, the first of our two guests, Guy Cosmo, is going to be calling yeah. in. Yeah. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, down in the road of peace from Circuit of the Americas. We'll be back after these messages. Everybody needs somebody to love. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable, and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Envy Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envy Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envy Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. You have made the right choice. Talk 1370. This is Magnus Walker. Greetings from downtown LA and thanks for tuning in to Speed City. Keep Austin weird and get out and drive. Pedal to the metal. Welcome back to Speed City. We're here in Austin and we are talking Formula One. And yeah, we'll talk Porsches another day, Magnus. But, yeah, Magnus. Uh, there is some technology news out of hey, Porsche. Porsches are coming yeah. to Coda too. Yeah, we'll have to talk that another day. Yes, sir. Well, we uh, when we went to the break, we were talking Formula One and all the testing in Barcelona. But uh, we promised to talk about the Haas team, and they actually had a pretty darn good start to the 2017. Yeah, um, it's like I said, it's really hard to judge. I think they're where they need to be. I mean, remember they were, you know, hovering around the top ten last year. Which, when you consider that everybody had been developing their cars for several years, and they were coming in all right, being after two years of development, but doing it on the sidelines. There's no better development than actually racing. Yeah. So to do what they did and as Especially as they bounced out of the box last year at Albert Park brilliantly, um, you know I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed actually with the new car and with where they are in the first test. Um, like I said, I don't read too much into it because all, all of that can change at Albert Park and it will change as the season goes on. There's tends to be phases in development, especially with new rules. First of all, you've got. Uh, whether the rules will be legal or not. I was listening to a, an interview, and what I mean by that is everybody tries a few things on, like there's a, 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 a hydraulic suspension um, debate going on as to whether it will remain legal or not. There is, you know, certain bits, the, the nose cone of the yeah, uh, Red Bull bit. is slightly, yeah. you know, controversial in some ways, but a brilliant, as always, with Adrian Newey, uh, different design. So there may be protests, because you don't protest at a test, you know, you just run. Right. Um, but, a, but, a te- but in the race itself, 
depending on that performance. And this is how, if you remember, Braun won the World Championship um, all those days back in with Jensen Button is because they came in some with an innovation that no one had thought of and they blew away the everybody's package yeah, and Mercedes exactly in the last couple of years Mercedes have done that with their engine so again you know um, we should see hopefully some innovations and some risk taking that may be hauled back by the FIA um, and FOM uh, before before the season's out but um, we'll see uh, I think there's a long way to go Haas are right where they need to be to answer the question I think um, what they've gone is is gone for a, a simple look similar to Red Bull I mean uh, again Adrian Newey quoting here he says he likes a simple car because you can add bits and bobs to it later. You need to see how it is aerodynamically first and foremost. Um, a baseline, before, if you will. Yeah, whereas Ferrari, as you can see from, from the look of the car, and I, I, I urge you to go and look at the launches because we can not we can now see uh, on YouTube and various other places what everybody's launch looked like and what their uh, testing looked like. So um, get out there and, and get on YouTube. Yep, absolutely. And and let's look at some of the stats from, uh, from Barcelona from testing because uh, Haas looked good there, but uh, so this, let's start with who went fastest, and obviously uh, Mercedes, uh, yep. Valtteri Bottas, and with a one nineteen seven, and then Vettel and Raikkonen both uh, pretty close behind that one nineteen nine, one nineteen or one twenty eight, and then it does yep. concern me that uh, Ricardo and the Red Bull are righty's fifth, but one twenty one one is a big difference to one nineteen seven in the same conditions. That said, Botas did 324 laps compared to Ricardo's 120 over the four days of testing. Right, over the four days, right. So Haas was, that's funny, uh, 11th and 12th fastest. Is that, that's pretty much where they sat all of last year. Yeah, um, and I like the fact that they're splitting the Williams. Um, Felipe Massa, you know, tried and tested back in the team, 122-076. No, he retired. He's Yeah, no, he's back. <laughs> and you know why he's back? Lance Stroll needs some help. Evidently, he, uh, he's, fawn, he's torn all four corners off the Williams in his <laughs> attempt in his, in his uh, early days. But... Uh, that's what you'd expect, right? Uh, well, he's, he's trying, and he did do it. 122.4, and was only a couple of tenths off Felipe. Uh, I do think that Williams com- uh, combination, just as I think that the Haas combination, will be a good one, because I think uh, Grosjean will help uh, his teammate Magnussen, and I also think that um, Massa will help the new boy, Lance Stroll. All right, there's a couple more stats. There's one that I really want to talk about. But this next one, I want to ask you, Jonathan, why this is important. And this is the number of laps completed. Mercedes first with 558, Ferrari second, 468, Sauber 349, and Haas in fourth with 343. Why is that such a great stat for Haas? It's a great stat for simple reasons of real easy for me to say reliability <laughs> basically nothing but uh, the bottom line with testing is you can only go backwards if you're sat in the garage and if you can get 324 laps in even if you are dog slow it's a lot of data a lot of information and a lot of direction whether it be right or wrong that you can gauge for your engineers you might have a terrible four days you might be bottom of the pack uh, it doesn't matter if you get 324 laps in you're doing a good job at the office well yeah and absolutely they'll slice and dice that data so many different ways and you know furthermore it's more than just the data they've got logs to know exactly what adjustments happened between outings so if they can see how did that adjustment come into play are we going to use that are we going to you know aggravate it or we are you know advance it and aggravate a situation are we going to improve it some of the things that go on through all of that actually one of the things that uh we heard last year was they were focusing on tire degradation, what they could do to a tire. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this year we're looking at 
different size tires again. Yeah, different size, different so, compounds, everything. So, you know, it, it goes all the way down to that, you know, how far can I run this tire before it's useless to me? Yep. The only negative that I would bring out of the testing, and it comes from our uh, multi-world champion, uh, Lewis Hamilton. Um, uh, you just mentioned it. There, the new rules, the bigger tires, have meant that aerodynamics has come into play again. So everybody's trying to get more drag. Everybody's trying to get more downforce um, and get more mechanical grip uh, from the cars. But problem with and it's more and it's faster and there's more and later braking. That's great if you're a designer and you're leading the race. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to overtake, which is Lewis Hamilton's point, it doesn't make for a good show. It means that overtaking could even be harder than mm, last year yeah, yeah. and previous years. And Hamilton's saying, you know what? I hope Liberty Media shakes it up a bit. I hope we do some different formats. I hope we look at the format. He said, I've been in Formula One for 10 years, and why don't we do something different for Monaco where you can't overtake anyway? Should we have a sprint race? Should we have a look at some of the ways that other motorsports uh, do things? I, I, you know, I, I like Lewis's style. He's already put, you know, he was on the cover of Time magazine saying, I'm going to take, you know, Formula One to America. And we welcome him. Um, I really do. I think he's got good ideas. He's got 10 years of experience behind him. He is a very iconic figure, both in sport generally and absolutely in motorsport across the realms, too, because he'll show up at a NASCAR race and be part of, you know, uh, lots of different uh, forms of motorsport if given the chance. But uh, what I mean by that, he's a great ambassador. And if he's, I think, I hope that. Liberty do uh, bring him in, you know, almost to consult uh, as 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 many of the drivers. It is their sport. I think they've got a lot more to offer than has been given um, their chance so far. I think we should see and hear more from the drivers, and there should be more interaction with the fans. I'm not going to let you blow by the aerodynamic discussion okay, like that. <laughs> what about DRS? DRS can be a bigger impact. I don't now. shop there. <laughs> oh, why <right>, DRS? <laughs> so imagine, you know, the the foil, the wing of DRS could be pretty sizable now. Yes. And now they could gra- gradually enlarge that and then make it go flatter to decrease and give you that arrow advantage. That's how they could compensate for the passing. Yeah, as you well know, and I've said it before, I'm not a big DRS fan, i.e. I don't like uh, fake racing. And what I mean by that is it was brought in to help overtaking, uh, and you can over, you know, you know, can only do that in a, in a particular gap between now, you okay, and so on. I'm so. not going to agree with the fake racing here. It's not like fan boost or something like that. No, it's not. <laughs> everybody has DRS. I, I grant you that, yes. But you can't use it at certain times, and you have to be close enough, and you have to give a nod and a wink and take your helmet off and put one hand behind your back, Is yeah. that, and, and then you can use it, right? Do the hokey pokey. Yeah, and then you turn around. No, I, I just don't, you know, I want pure racing. Get the tires even bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take even the wings faster. off. So I got one more stat I want to talk about before we go to break. We're going to go to break a little early because we want to get our two guests in. Yes. But uh, one more stat. I, I got excited when I first saw this stat, and then I started looking closer. You get excited when you see any stat. Nah, numbers. <laughs> numbers. Touche. Touche. Mr. Spreadsheet, they call me. Um, yeah. So I saw the speed trap testing, uh, speed trap uh, results, and Haas was second at 331 kilometers an hour. That is good. Well, it's great, but I saw that Mercedes was fifth, obviously sandbagging. Uh, not, not necessarily, to be honest. Okay, let's uh, hear it. Well, I just think that, uh, and Haas have gone on on uh, you know on record saying that Ferrari have massively improved that engine. Yep. And I do think that the partnership you see with Ferrari and Haas is closer than any other j- junior team. I don't think Red Bull and Toro Rosso have the same relationship that Ferrari and Haas have. And I think the reason for that is that Ferrari know that this is a real uh, you know this is a an investment by their by themselves. They've been on their own. Ferrari producing great 
cars over the years, but they've never had anybody to work with. So they can kind of use Haas as a bit of a guinea pig. Well, last point on um, uh, testing yes. uh, about the car- cars. Look at the schedule. Albert Park, Melbourne, that's uh, Australia. Shanghai, China, Bahrain, they're a long way from home, right? They don't get back, to, and then Russia, Sochi. So they don't Ooh, get yeah. back to Barcelona till May, and that's when you'll see the next development. So the boffins will be working on the cars. What, what doesn't go right in Melbourne will only be put right pretty much. I mean, you can do th- yeah, certain yeah. things, but if you're so going to you do anything home. radical, if you've got it wrong in any way, shape, or form, the Spanish Grand Prix is the next development of your car. Oh, good point. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have our first guest. And then we're going to have Guy Cosmo. And uh, we're going to pick his brain and, and uh, excited to have him gently. on the show. Yes, gently. All right, listen to Speed City live from Austin. We'll be back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Ambia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambia Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Agusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Agusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Ed Brown, Extreme Speed Motorsports, number 30 in the WC, number 02 in the Tudor, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. Hey, we did get Ed Brown calling in. Yep. That's kind of cool. Yes, sir. That was very cool. All right, we're going to jump right in because we have our guest holding on the line, and we're really, really excited to welcome to the show because Guy Cosmo is... Well, because he knows his boss is listening after a yeah. <laughs> He knows his boss is listening, but uh, he's also currently in the IMSA Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge in a Porsche GT4 Cayman, and we're really excited to have him. Guy Cosmo, welcome back to Speed City. How are you guys? How's it going? Good. Doing great. We're I'm fantastic. How are you? I am also fantastic. <laughs> ready to rip. We got a lot of things to talk to you about, but I first want to ask about your impressions of driving this new Porsche. I got to tell you, it's, uh, it's a great little car. Uh, as you know, we could imagine Porsche doesn't build a bad car. Uh-uh. No, they kind. don't suck. <laughs> no, not at all. So this new Cayman GT4 
is uh, is really a huge improvement from what they were years ago. I had actually raced in the series with BGB Motorsports, and we were some of the first in North America to to build and race a Cayman in pro competition. And uh, they've come a long way. And now that you can buy them from the factory as a race-ready car, is uh, it's a great way to go. And we're going to be really competitive this year, so we're excited about it. Heck yeah! I, I, this streetcar of this is also really, really exciting. When that thing hit, I think it sold out. I don't think you could, uh, no <laughs> normal person could buy one immediately. Anyway, I don't know how that's shaken up, but I know that was really popular. But, uh, but yeah. So uh, let's talk about you know what are the expectations for this season? I mean, I, obviously your goals are to win, but uh, you know where are you guys in in your progress, and what are you thinking? Well, yeah, we're uh, we're going for all of it. We're looking to win this year, but you know, it's a it's a bit of a new endeavor. Last year, I joined Team TGM for the last four races of the season, and uh, everything went really well. You know, hit it off with the guys, finished on the podium in our very first race together. Uh, although we didn't get back on the podium for the final three races, you know, we've really shown well and uh, continue to improve, develop the cars, work with my teammate and team owner, Ted Giovannis. And, you know, Ted's a gentleman driver, having a blast. Uh, He's been working his whole life, and now he's uh, been racing as a hobby all these years, but he's finally bringing it up to this level to be at the top class of the Continental Tire Series. And he's assembled an incredible team. We've got uh, a great group of guys that have been with them for a long time. We've brought in the legendary Joe Vardy to uh, help us as our our guru behind the scenes there to tune the cars and make sure that we're going to be super competitive this season. And I've been working with Ted diligently this winter on working on his craft behind the wheel, getting him as much seat time as possible, working and coaching with him, and uh, and we've done a bunch of testing. So at the Roar before the 24 this year, we were the car to beat. We were P1 every session, you know, most often. And uh, that's awesome. Really. Yeah, I mean, you know, things were really kicking off pretty well. And then, of course, at the first race of the year at Daytona, 40 minutes into the race, it's a four-hour enduro. Car spins right in front of Ted, and he has nowhere to go. And Saw Jeff, it, yeah. They, yeah. they just got clobbered. So, you know, he, uh, he, tried to, he tried to avoid the situation. It just wasn't his day. And, yeah, so no points, no nothing. Not the start to the season that we were looking for, but... We've done a lot of testing at Sebring. You take something like that, you put it behind you, you fix the car, and you just start prepping for the next one. So when I say we are ready to rip, I mean we are ready to rip. <laughs> Listen, I want to pick you up, Guy. You mentioned Joe Vardy, and um, I, you know, I, I don't think guys like him get enough credit. Um, tell me more about him, um, and tell me why he is the hero you just described. <sighs> Joe Vardy, this guy. I mean, first, if anybody's ever met this guy, he's... He's this short little man, and I can say that because <laughs> I'm tall and standing next to him, we don't look like we fit together in a race team. But this guy, <laughs> he's a character, and he is such a fun-loving, nice guy. He's been around forever. Everybody in the paddock knows him. And uh, Joe was an incredible driver. Back in the day, he raced in the Firehawk series. Um, he had done a lot of NASCAR-related stuff, Trans Am. You know, he's been around the block, and he's raced with all of the old-school guys, Jack Baldwin, and, you know, he's been around for a long time. Everybody knows him, and he knows his stuff, and he was a winner. He was a winner through and through, and he was known for building the fastest cars. He was always really creative. He was really crafty. He he knew how to take the rules and find the gray area and build a better 
better race car than anybody else could. And, you know, that's what racing is about, is seeing what you're dealt with, making the most of it, and going out and kicking some butt. And Vardy was the man. Hey, Guy, i got to ask you, is this the same Joe Vardy that, like, really reached a a big stepping stone when he co-developed a car with Carroll Shelby? I think he is. I I don't know that. I think he is. Really? How many Joe Vardys can there be? Well, that's true. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, he, uh, there was a Joe Vardy back in the day. We'll have to ask him when he gets around here, see if he was tied yeah. to that. Well, when we're racing in Coda, let's grab him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a we'll great get him story. On the show, yeah. for sure. What else I are you racing, Guy? You, I mean, hearing this guy tell stories, it's amazing. But, you know, <laughs> we got a great program for this season. So, yeah, I'm doing the full season in the Continental Tire Series. Team TGN. I've got nothing else officially lined up. Uh, lately, I've been doing a lot of work with this new LMP3 category. Yeah, tell and us about that. It has taken off worldwide. Uh, the uh, ACO put this category together, I guess, two years ago now. It has absolutely taken off in Europe. Uh, it's now in Asia. There's an uh, LMP3 series that started in the UK and also in China. So, the United States is a little bit behind the times with catching up to this p3 formula but these cars are selling like hotcakes and i just love the car i think it's a great formula they're fun to drive they're super affordable and it is the first true entry-level prototype that provides drivers with an experience that they would get if they were racing an lmp2 or an lmp1 car you know there's a lot of really cool sports racers out there like radicals and cn cars and whatnot but none yeah. of them really drive like a real prototype does. And these things do. So I love them. And I'm helping people all over the place get it introduced to them and testing and tire development and all kinds of stuff. I've been driving them like crazy. Guy, you've just set me up for the question I've been wanting to ask you when I heard you were coming on the show, which is, I've just returned from New Zealand and I was looking at your record and how you do help young guys uh, and help people uh, who are learning uh, sports car racing. You made that transition from single-seaters back in 2003, I believe it was. Um, and, uh, in, you know, I want to know what it takes because our, our winner of the Toyota Racing Series, Thomas Randall, uh, is a 20-year-old kid. He's good. He's a fast single-seater guy, but he's going to enter with Douglas into uh, LMP3 in the UK this year, and he's making that transition. And what's interesting, because all the kids involved in this series are are either Indy Lights drivers or they're Formula 3 drivers, and they're all up and coming. But instead of talking necessarily about wanting to be in Formula 1, a lot of them are now talking about GT racing and sports car racing. So my question is, what is the transition like? How hard was it you did it? Transition is a piece of cake. I mean, at least it was a piece of cake for me. If you're a skilled driver, you're going to hop in anything with wheels, and you're going to figure out how to make it go fast. And really, this is a perfect transition for all of these kids coming out of karting, coming out of open-wheel stuff, because if you're jumping into the prototype ranks, it's an open-wheel car with with more downforce, with fenders. Right. So, you know, these kids are going to hop in these cars, and they're going to fall in love with them. And look, the reality is, is every young Carter says, I want to make it to Formula One. And their families will put everything they can behind them and get them as far as they can financially and, you know, through their connections. But look, there's only 19 F1 drivers on the grid. (laughs) However many there are this year, you know, it's... Yeah, and only three three of them don't have to pay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So climbing that ladder is really, really difficult. And the rest of the world is still racing, and they're racing GT cars and prototypes. And there's places to do it all over the globe. So it's a really smart thing for young kids to do to realize, look, am I ever going to really 
have the opportunity to advance through the ladder, have all the necessary funding, be with the right teams at the right time, and and maybe stand out enough that maybe I'd get a test. You know, it, it's such a tough deal. So yeah. I commend any young kid that sees the world of sports car racing and says, I want to have a go at that. It worked for me, and it, it's worked for a ton of guys that I grew up racing against. We all thought we'd be racing Indy cars, and we're all racing sports cars, and we're making livings as sports car drivers. Yeah, and, the problem uh, is there's people like Pippo Durrani who, who've just made that transition. These young whippersnappers starting to, to wh- literally just do that, uh, you know, chase you around the American circuits, and uh, not easy because there's a lot of fast young guys coming through now, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, and they're coming from all over the place. And, you know, a lot of them are, have a good financial support behind them, so they're able to kind of – get into the scene in a much better way than your typical kid who grows up who doesn't have the financial backing to be able to get in and get a great ride right off the bat and really stand out. So, you know, it's different for everybody moving up the ladder. But at the end of the day, it's all about timing, being in the right car at the right time. And, you know, sometimes you fall into that opportunity. Sometimes you earn it because somebody saw you and they want to hand you that opportunity. But sometimes you buy that opportunity. (laughs) So yeah, I wasn't one of those guys, you know, but... uh, it's great to see all the interest that's taken place with uh, North American sports car racing. IMS is doing a great deal now with this new DPI formula. Um, this LMP3 thing taking off, I think it's going to be huge for getting people into that scene and, uh, and getting kids out of lower formulas of racing and graduating them into the pro stuff. Yeah, well, I got to ask you a couple a couple questions we ask a lot of people because we're here in Austin. Number one, you're coming to Austin what twice? You're coming for the IMSA series, and again, uh, are you wait? Are you coming? You're not coming to the Pro League World Challenge, are you? Well, I might be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I noticed you that pause. <laughs> oh, well, I cool. can't, you know, I don't know. I don't have anything for We don't have a car to offer you, if that's what you're implying. Hey, hey, let's put something together here, guys. We this could. is an opportunity. We know, we know people. We could definitely make that happen. Absolutely. <laughs> well, i got to yeah. ask you, what, what, you know, you've obviously raced on Circuit of the Americas. Uh, we like to hear people talk about Circuit of the Americas. It's generally good. Yeah, I love that place. I mean... Mm-hmm. To have a, a world-class F1 facility in North America and to be able to race on it as often as as I managed to get there between coaching guys in Ferrari Challenge and PwC and racing there in IMSA and Conti, you know, it's it's a privilege to be able to be at a facility like that and drive on a circuit like that. And uh, I love the variety it offers. I love the high-speed S's and, uh, you know, the the opportunity that it presents for overtaking. You know, there's a lot of really great brake zones there. There's a lot of variety at that facility, and you feel like you're going somewhere. By the time you get through the S's around 7, 8, 9, and you're up towards 10, I mean, you feel like you're on a journey and that you're actually driving somewhere. Yeah. God, you, you to, just wrote the marketing report for Dakota <laughs> for 2017. Nice work. <laughs> what can I say, you know? I love it. We'll tell them where to send the check, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, nah, but that, that's, you, that's a perfect description. Yeah, it really is. Well, one one yeah, last qu- just, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting out there. It's uh, it's going to be a great show for all the categories that are racing there. Everybody should get out to Coda and go check out the races. Well, one last question we like to ask is sometimes this question backfires, and and so I, I like to ask what you uh, what you drive every day. What's and, your daily drive? What's your daily driver? And and is it one of the GT fours? Did you get one of those? Are you on the short list or or, or anything fun? What do you drive? Oh, this is a great topic. <laughs> oh. Topic. It's a hot topic in the Cosmo family because uh, I you know my wife Louisa and I we are recently parents. We've got. Uh, a 10-month-old little man running around the place now. So, Uh-oh. you know, daddy's 
Daddy's uh, love for road cars Uh-oh. <laughs> taking a significant change. I feel the SUV and, coming. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, not minivan. Don't, swagger say, van. don't say the M word. No, my wife swore before we ever got married that we would never own a minivan. So <laughs> good, I said, good, All right. good. Well, I like your wife already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. And she wants me to have a nice car, but the time is not now. So I've sold off all the good stuff. I had a Porsche Cayman with a uh, 911 X51 engine and a oh. <laughs> Sweet. That thing was a monster. Yeah. And uh, I used to drive an X5M, BMW X5M, because, you know, if you're going to have an SUV, you have to have 550 (laughs) horsepower. Of course. (laughs) In case soccer gets over early. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Fastest way to the groceries, no matter what. Well, that's. You know, but times are different. And now we have a house. Uh, I'm married. I've got a beautiful wife. He's taking a a long way to this answer. Yeah. Come on, guy. Spit it out. Come on. I'm driving a BMW X1. Okay. Uh, oh, there you go. There you go. No. That's okay. <laughs> like I always, I like to tell everybody, we now have his and hers SUVs, and I drive hers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. guy, the first time we asked this question, it was an up-and-coming Formula One driver. <laughs> who's Alexander since gone on to win the Indy 500? Who's, who's <laughs> since gone on to win? Right, it was Alexander Rossi, and he said, uh, I drive a, a Silverado. Silverado. <laughs> <laughs> Silver what? Yeah. Yeah. We weren't not impressed. All right, well, Guy, uh, we really appreciate you coming back on Speed City, Guy Cosmo. We uh, we're, look forward to seeing you here in Austin, whether it's in uh, May and September or just May, <laughs> and you wish, wish you guys the best of luck on the Come season. Come and join us in the commentary. Just, just for the heck of it in May. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Would love to. Well, ha- thanks for having me on, guys, and I'll certainly be in touch. Have a All great, right. thanks have a a lot. great uh, season. All righty. So, folks, be sure tickets are still available. That race is May 5th and 6th here at the Circuit of the Americas. Yep. Check it out, circuitofamericas.com. All right. We're going to take a break, but we got another guest coming right up after this break, and we are very excited because Ryan Dial is coming on the show. You're listening to Speed City live in Austin, Texas. Back up to these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself, Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey. Because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Here, when you need us, Talk 1370 is the right choice. This is David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. Live in Austin. I know I say that a lot, but I, I just can't help it because we're in Austin, Texas. South by Southwest coming. We are the center of the planet one more time. Yep. South by Southwest, it's it's a pretty good event. It doesn't oh, compare what? To, it doesn't compare to Formula I've One. I've never seen the races there, so 
That's true. It's, Twitter was it, invented at hey, South hey, by Southwest, know, I'll have you know. Well, that's true. And not only that, Speed City spoke at South by Southwest last year. Yes, they that's did. Right. So it is a pretty cool that's event. That's some of the coolest technology cool stuff that comes to the road there. Although is. I'm ruining the day that Twitter was involved some days. <laughs> never way. Anyway. All right. Well, well let's jump in because we have a badass race driver on the line, and we are very excited to welcome Ryan DL. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you, as always. Thanks for having me on. Happy New Year. Happy Hogman Air. Lang me along, Neek. <laughs> yeah, I think your accent's better than mine, is it? It's getting that. I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> How are yeah, you, my friend? Good. Doing very well. Yeah, just uh, ready to get kicked off here next week. So, yep. Last weekend of freedom, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when a Scotsman says, freedom! <laughs> Never mind. So, what, like, come on. You, uh, we were looking at the... the you doing as always. You're like the busiest guy in American racing. What are you racing this year? Come on, to give us the list so we don't run out of time. <laughs> well, I, I tried to do less this year, but that didn't really work fine. Um, so, I'm racing in IMSA with uh, Tequila Patron still. Um, this be my I joined them in 2014 we have the new Nissan DPR which is pretty cool um, so we'll be at Sebring in a couple of weeks of that and uh, full season and then also full season in Prairie World Challenge uh, with uh, CRP racing in their new Mercedes AMG GT3 and it's the first time as long as I can remember that there's no uh, no ra- race schedule conflicts which uh, wow I, yeah. uh, I, I along with a lot of people in the industry were pushing those guys on both sides pretty hard to uh, to try and resolve some of these conflicts we've had over the couple of years and um, you know credit to owners on both sides that they, they made it work so pretty cool. Yeah, that's healthy for especially drivers involved, but teams as well, uh, because it does mean that um, you guys can get as many opportunities both to race and develop your racing skills. And I'm thinking more of the younger guys now, but um, it does help everybody in the profession, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not just the drivers. I mean, obviously for us, it's great. You know, it's a shame when you look at, you know, crew members or PR folk or journalists, you know, one one conflict in a schedule could, you know, theoretically take you out of a whole uh, secondary job. So, you know, my, my thing is there's not enough races in a calendar year for me. Um, you know, if, if IMSA or World Challenge was a 20-weekend a schedule, um, I wouldn't seek to do more. But I guess I just I like to race. So, you know, I'll, I'll race every weekend. I can uh, get to do something competitive. Well, Ryan, I, w- I got to ask, you know, with all of those different series and, you know, there's obviously differences between the cars that, are, that you're going to be in for those. How difficult is it for you to transition that often throughout the seasons? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I find that the more different the cars are, the actually way easier it is for me. Um, you know, I remember a few years ago, I was jumping between uh, – the P2 car yeah. and the DP car. And uh, they were kind of close enough that I'd have to kind of retune my brain every time I got into the car. Um, but when you're going more from, you know, like the full-on DPIs to the GT3 cars, yeah. I mean, literally the minute I'm doing my seatbelts, I already have kind of uh, reprogrammed a little bit, let's say. They're, they're so different uh, in every way that uh, you're not making mistakes. You know, I, I used to find that if it was, you know, the DPs and the P2s used to do similar lap times, um, but how they did them was very different. So in your head, 
you kind of know how fast you're meant to go at certain places, but hmm. they did it in different ways. Whereas a GT3 car to a, a DPI car is it's just so drastically different in every way. So, well, I could certainly I'm gonna see. Stick, I'm going to stick with that. We'll see if it works out for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds cool. But you know, I could certainly see that the true benefit is you know I'm I'm looking at the Circuit of America's calendar, and it looks like we're going to see you three times between the <laughs> the May visit, the September second and third for a PWC, and then WEC potentially uh, September fifteen and sixteen too. Yeah, well, no WEC for for patrolling this year, so uh, I'm uh, no more international travel. Maybe, maybe a, a Le Mans one off. Uh, Ooh, that'd be good. Patrolling or oh. sticking, you know, with IMSA. Um, I think that the we enjoyed our time over there, but uh, we definitely were happy to be back in the states and, and racing where we belong. But yeah, I'm it's a good good calendar for me. I mean, I, it's not too many drastic back-to-back weekends um long beach is the only weekend i'll drive both cars on the same weekend but you know it's it's silly as this sounds long beach is a really easy event for sports car guys because it's a short race number one and we don't have a lot of track time because there's just so many other events going on so uh we have the saturday race with imsa and then the sunday race is is world challenge so at least I get to uh, I get a day to you know in between to kind of rethink about it and get going and race too. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to the IMSA uh, here at Coda because we've got a little commentary ca- challenge for you. Uh, every time I say "razzle dazzle" uh, and you're on the lead lap, everybody who is listening has to take a Patron shot. That's that's kind <laughs> of that's that's how we're going to play it. So, are you in for that? Well, we'll we'll supply the Patron for you. All right, perfect. That sounds great. I'll yeah, so no problem. <laughs> and that. a driver home, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but none for Jonathan. <laughs> no kidding. No. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe. Hey, now, I went none with, you know, John Paul took me up to the drag races, and I spent the day with him, and we abided. In, and, in the and 330 mile an hour uh, Alexis, yeah, cars? Yeah, yeah. I, that was, that was a, a fun one. <laughs> Well, hey, yeah, he's a good guy, really cool guy. Hey, Ryan, I want to ask you. You know, obviously the the uh, the new DPI. I mean, this is uh, same question I was going to ask. Where you? Yeah, because uh, <laughs> you know, obviously it's something new and it seems really exciting. Why don't you talk about that program a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I have to be very honest. I was a little skeptical, uh, as most people were. Um, the way I kind of looked at it when they came out with this idea of making the manufacturers build kits, make the cars look cool, that kind of stuff. I honestly thought to myself after two years of racing in Europe, why change a, such a great product, which is the homologate P2 cars. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got to Daytona, uh, I realized that the IMSA Jim France vision is the way it should be. Um, it doesn't add any extra costs to the teams um you know it basically just uh put some pressure on the manufacturers to step up and you know they reap a lot of these rewards of having their stickers on the car but you know don't always put as much in i think behind the scenes as they could and so i think that that's always been kind of grand am and ims's push through their nascar tunnels obviously was to to make them step up and i, I think it worked out really well um well, how, how know, do you I think that you're I'm well, sorry. I think you're only going to see it evolve more and more. You know, like for us, for example, for Nissan, it was it was a very late deal. I mean, we we signed our deal with Nissan the week the Cadillac hit track for the first time in September. So, oh, wow. Our styling is uh, as good a job as we could do. I think they did a pretty good job as far as the GTR resemblances goes. But 
um, what I've seen penciled for 2018 uh, is pretty incredible. So I think the further it goes on, uh, the kind of cooler the product's going to look. But uh, I mean, they're they're fast. They, uh, but the first time I drove the car um, before IMSA had homologated any BOP for our car, uh, it was uh, outrageously fast. It was as I compared it, we did a, a shakedown at Sebring, and it reminded me of you know a Champ car when we had 850 horsepower in the car. So. It was pretty cool. Well, let me ask you. Let me go back to it a little bit. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I was going to ask you that you talk about the manufacturers being more involved. Can you talk a little bit about that in, in a little more detail? What What is there? You know, what did they do that's that's more involved than in uh, in, in in the past? Well, I mean, technically, now the manufacturer is who's in charge of homologation processes. Um, whereas with the P two cars, it's always been the the chassis manufacturer. So. You know, now your Cadillacs and Nissans and Mazda, they're actually the ones going to take in the reins. And uh, it's been good because we've had a nice little uh, group. You know, obviously, we've been with Legion. Now this is our, our uh, third year with them um, using a Legion chassis. But it's been a kind of interesting triangle between Nismo Japan. You've got Enroc Legion in France, and then you have Petroni SM in Florida. It's kind of been pretty cool over the past couple of months. I mean... It's easier for me to listen into the calls and emails than to actually be putting in the hard working hours they put in. But um, I, I just I think that more manufacturers are going to come along now that they see, you know, stepped up, stepped up early, um, and, and I think it's going to draw. I mean, I've heard as many as three and four more manufacturers for DPI next year. So um, hopefully that all comes true, and uh, we see a lot of different diverse uh, looking cars next year. Well, I think that that's a, it, from what I've seen from the manufacturers, the enthusiasm around Nissan and Cadillac and Mazda, I, I think that other manufacturers are going to see that because there was huge interest and a ton of enthusiasm. I mean, obviously in in the race world. So, and and then you started seeing some more mainstream. Uh, like like Road and Track magazine, where you know you don't necessarily yeah. think of that as a true like racer magazine. They picked up on that a lot, and uh, and there was a ton of good press. So I'm thinking you're right. I think it could get some more manufacturers. Well, you know, in. for us, uh, you know, our the production GTR engine from the Nissan is pretty much what's bolted straight into our DPI with a couple of modifications, but. Um, you know, there is that complete streetcar, race car, DNA, uh, the transferred right over. I mean, other than having, a, a, I believe, a different sump and some other different, you know, endurance parts on it, it's pretty much a stock motor. Um, so it's pretty impressive. You know, first time out, both cars ran 24 hours, and we had no issues. They'd never even been mounted in that car uh, prior to November of last year for the first time. It is impressive, but it's also it's cool for streetcar fans. You know, obviously... You know, for us, you got GTR and Cadillac and the V Series, so you're enthusiastic, uh, you know, street manufacturer fans that for the first time in a long time have prototypes that they can actually relate to. That there is my GTR engine is in the back of that Patron car, and so I, I think this worked. I think, uh, you know, having the luxury these days of all the fancy LED lights, you know, you could program things just to make even the LED running lights look very similar to street cars. So. I think, uh, you know, I know we, what we've got right now is what we got with that car this year. Um, but I think, uh, I'm sure everybody will make a big step forward as far as just the design process for next year. And it'll be uh, even more cars. 
Well, Ryan, it's been really exciting to watch this DPI program. We wish you guys the best of luck. We are completely out of time. We're so excited to have you on the show, and uh, the fact that you're going to be at Coda a couple times, we're going to we're going to look you up and maybe come, come early. We're going to drag you in behind in the booth and make you get on the microphone because I love yeah, his, his accent. It's awesome. All right, Ryan hey, DL. Austin is my is my favorite city with the best food and one of the best towns, so I like coming every year. Right, come on awesome. over. We'll send that to the Chamber of Commerce. Thank you, Ryan DL. Appreciate <laughs> you, you coming on, buddy. We'll see you soon. Good luck this Thanks season. So Travel safe, folks. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Great guy. Great guy. It's always fun. And, folks, you know, definitely these are the races we tell you come and plan on going back into the paddock area, the garages. I mean, Ryan's one of the guys that's fun to meet. If you hang around, you know, the garage area where they're working on his. Good chance. And he does. He'll he come spends over and time with fans like that, and he loves talking racing. You're right. I think, you know, if you bumped into him in the paddock and you were a race fan, you'd, you'd be so excited to meet a guy like him because he's not only, you know, he doesn't just walk the walk, he talks the talk. He is so fast in a motor car. And, and he, we've seen the first time he came here, remember? He was the hero of the weekend. Yep. All right, guys, well, we got to go. Thanks for tuning in to Speed City. Check us out on the website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Check us out on our YouTube page. We have links from our website to YouTube. And, of course, uh, Twitter. Follow us all week. We got lots of content we put out all week long. Instagram. Instagram. We, we're kind of kind of short on Slow. Instagram. It's, it's all right. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Ciao. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.